Hey, thanks for joining us for Let's Talk Recovery. I'm Aaron. This is Caleb. And we're glad that you guys can join us uh, here for uh, just our podcast as we're digging into the material that we use for our recovery program here in Claremore, Oklahoma. So, man, we're just glad that you guys are here, that you're engaging with us. And uh, and I'm just ready. I'm ready to dig in um, into today's episode. Yeah, hey, but, you know, we'd be remiss to not acknowledge the fact that, look, we're already... This is episode three, and we're already moving up in the world. We've we've upgraded from a little cafe table to an actual big table. Yeah, the... it is the little things in life, <laughs> and uh, I know we were talking offline that the the glory of this is that it it hides it hides the fact that we look like middle aged slobs. So, yeah. um, so if you're if you're uh, being blessed with the video, you're welcome. Um, that right. we've now um, averted your eyes from from that mess. So, um, sorry about the yeah. previous two episodes. If you're just doing audio, you're missing out on our mild improvements. So. <laughs> Um, but today, man, we're really talking about the heart and soul of, of our recovery program um, and really the, um, I think, single most important reason for all the changes that we've made. And uh, what we're talking about is the fact that, that we are unapologetically Christ-centered and we believe that true transformational change comes through a relationship with Jesus. You want to touch on how that kind of differs from some of the other programs? Yeah. So, you know... Uh, Recovery programs aren't new, right? Everybody's uh, heard, of, even if you, you're not involved in it, but everybody's heard of things like Alcoholics Anonymous or maybe NA, which is Narcotics Anonymous. Um, and step two in the 12 steps uh, is to recognize uh, a, a, a higher power. Now, they, they're, very, they're, they're vague uh, on purpose. Um, they, they don't tell you what your higher power is. They, they uh, even say in the original uh, AA book that higher power can just be whatever it is you want it to be. That, that you can even uh, substitute Alcoholics Anonymous as your higher power. Um, and so there is where we, we have quite the difference because we're very specific in that. We say our higher power is Jesus Christ, right? We believe in Jesus, the Son of God, because um, uh, we're, we're a Christian program. Um, and so we're, we're very specific about that. Now, like we said in one of our last two episodes, we've only done two and I've already forgot <laughs> what they were about. But, uh, uh, you know, if, if you're listening and you're not, you know, you're not Christian or you're not, you're not sure what you believe about God, if you're, you know, you're agnostic, um, you know, don't, don't tune out. Don't, don't uh, go away on this step here because um, just because we we believe this and, and you know and, and this isn't to to oh, I don't know diminish the importance of this step um, because we really 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 want everybody to become you know Christian we want you to accept Jesus uh, don't don't turn us off just because of this one because there's still going to be some some practical things later on that we're going to cover um, that that's going to benefit you in your recovery journey so I just want to encourage you to to hang with us through through this, even if you're not sure exactly what you believe. Yeah, and I think that's good. I mean, it is one of those things in AA. You know, I know a lot of people in the church that that goes through a traditional 12 step. Um, one of the most common ones. Yeah, your higher power can be anything, even a doorknob. Um, so I don't I don't know about you, but my God will never be a doorknob. Uh, <laughs> but it can, in fact, be Jesus. Um, and so I know a lot of. Uh, people in the faith community, they do still pursue that avenue um, in the inter- or their higher power as Jesus Christ. Um, but today, I mean, we're really going to make the argument about um, 
why why shouldn't be anything else? Um, you know, and uh, hopefully it's uh, glaringly obvious why your high power shouldn't be a doorknob, but um, <laughs> or a yeah. rock in your pocket or yeah. any of those things. <laughs> flying spaghetti monster. <laughs> hey hey hey! We're not gonna talk bad about no, the I'm flying sorry. spaghetti monster. So <laughs> they, have a, they have a legit case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so. Why, why is Jesus Christ the foundation for which we should build our lives or our recovery? I mean, and that's really what we're here uh, to talk about and navigate. Um, and, and I know for me, I mean, it really was one of those things that um, I personally walked this out. So um, I'm, not, I'm not on the fence about anything. Um, and uh, Caleb would agree with me here. A similar story. That's why we're unapologetically Christian because we know that, man, there, there's truth in this because we've seen the fruit of it in our lives, um, as far as putting Christ first in our marriage and, and our recovery, the things that we struggle with and tearing down those strongholds that uh, there was real progress, real change that's taken place. Um, and I know again off our air, we were talking about this table, but uh, marginal marginal steps, this table was a marginal step, it marginally improved um, our recovery podcast, or at least the video for the <laughs> folks at home. Um, but um, just those marginal changes that we've made pursuing Christ have over time had significant impacts in our life. And so when we put Christ first, really what we're doing is we're saying, you know what, my way, um, that we're acknowledging that, that our way is not the right way. And we're acknowledging that, that this set of beliefs, in, in our case specifically, um, the Christian faith um, knows better. Um, and I know, again, for me, it didn't take long for that to become um, just painfully clear and obvious that um, my way was a bad way and that these steps I was, I was taking inside the church um, um, not only marginally improved my life, but made significant improvements to the way that I was just as a man, a father, um, but also in helping me overcome an uh, 18-year um, battle with addiction. Yeah, um, you know, that's yeah, what you're talking about there is, is uh, exactly it, is that, you know, a lot of people, you're in addiction or, you, you know, you've got a struggle that's coming to dominate your life. Is You, you kind of being your own God, you're right, not acknowledging or, or answering to something more, you know, outside of yourself um, is, is kind of what got you in, into your, your problem in the first place, right? I mean, we, oh, yeah. you know, it's, it's our, you know, I'm going to do what I want to do in the moment. I'm going to do what I, what feels good. And, um, those kinds of things are, are what, what led us down the path to addiction or, or struggle. And so that's kind of the, one of the downsides of being, being your own God is you already kind of, you know, or, or, you know, um, just kind of being able to pick your own higher power. So for it's to follow your heart, yeah, um, it's just the, yeah, it's the, whatever feels good. If I follow my heart, I'm I'm going to the bar. Um, yeah, or, yeah, there's you all... know, the, I'm I'm doing things that, that aren't healthy, and that's that's really the stigma of being your own god. Yeah, and, and so and so you've you've followed your own god and kind of you know which is yourself. I mean, that addiction in, in itself is inherently kind of selfish, and I don't mean that in a, in a, a really negative way. But you're 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 doing what you want to do, right? Like a kind of a childlike. You know, this is what I want, so I'm going to do it. Um, you followed that path, uh, which is what led you into, to, you know, probably finding our, our podcast or whatnot. Um, so why would we continue with that in recovery, right? We don't want to name, you know, because here's the deal is if, if you if you just if your higher power is just kind of whatever you want it to be, that higher power ends up looking a lot like you. And, you know. <laughs> 
that, you know, when God looks a lot like us, God is usually okay with the things that we want, to, want him to be okay with, and he's not okay with things that we're not really interested in doing anyway, right? So, you know, oh, God probably doesn't mind if I go to the bar every now and then, or if I go and do these uh, other things, you know, that I, I just already want to do. And, you know, oh, God is, you know, he doesn't want me to do this thing here, which I don't have a lot of interest in anyway. So um, that's that that's one of the downsides of having your you know naming your own higher power and not being it anchored in something that has you know some historical significance and um that like like jesus has um the other part is that recovery is already hard as it, enough as it is and if, if you're having to be the foundation right because you're you're naming your higher power and that's kind of the foundation on which you're building your recovery basically you're holding up you're you're holding up the your whole recovery journey and and you've got to maintain that mental you know, architecture for yourself, if that makes sense. Um, because, because God is, is whatever you want it to be. So, so you name it, you decide what it is. And, and now you've got to maintain that on top of doing recovery. And so that's another downside of kind of being your own God or having naming your own higher power, uh, versus basing your, your recovery off Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean, and in that too, I mean, if if, if you're the substructure that you've based everything off of, a failure crashes the whole paradigm. I mean, right. yeah, it just all comes collapsing down. Um, and I do want to kind of back up a little bit. Caleb said something earlier about um, just uh, we can be we can be selfish in our recovery. Well, the truth of the matter is, um, I'm going to take that further and, and hopefully offend some people. Um, we're all incredibly selfish individuals um, just in life. And again, that's that's one of the the reasons to kind of pursue Christ. You know, we we just talk about. I mean, here's God, God in a body who gave up everything. You're talking about not only his life, but was incredibly selfless. And so that that's the foundation. That's the model. Um, that's that's what makes Christ as a higher power um, different. Let let's push out the notion that you know obviously um, we both believe that he's God. Um, if you don't. Look at Jesus Christ as a person and, and just your ability to model your life off of him. I mean, um, the historical importance and, and evidence for his life is overwhelming. Um, but just the, the way that he lived, I mean, he was incredibly selfless and, and humble. And, and those are the things that um, outside of, you know, <laughs> the theological aspects of it. But let's say you, you don't buy into that any notion. Um, just endeavor to, to read God's word and, and model your life and your recovery off of that. Well, you're going to move away from those selfish decisions. You're going to start putting others before yourself. Um, there's just all of these elements and these aspects that even if you don't fully buy in and you're just cherry picking, uh, it'll get better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's so that's the flip side of this coin. So if, you know, we kind of talked about why why we don't want to have just a, a nonspecific higher power and, you know, We've kind of kind of dogged on that, and I, and I don't want to come off like we're dogging AA or NA because we're gonna get angry emails. Although nobody knows what our email is, right? So that's good. Um, but I was gonna we, give it at the end of this. Yes, so yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so don't email us. Neg you know, if you went through AA or NA or NA or any of these other programs, like, well, it worked for me. I'm, AA and NA has worked for a lot of people, um, and I'm not saying it doesn't. Um, but I'm just saying that you know maybe this is a more effective way to do it. So, um, <laughs> so we. So we kind of talked about why we don't want to have that general higher power. Well, I do want to say bone saws um, during the Civil War, they worked. <laughs> they did work. They did work. 
They didn't make it the most effective thing. That's right. So, that's right. Yeah. Um, I'm just. I'm really vying for those angry emails. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of. I mean, I don't use that specific example, but I always explain it to people that way. It's like I could drive, you know, across the country in in, in second gear in my car. And, and leave it in there the whole time. Would I get from one side to the other? Yes. Is that the best way to do it? No. Yeah. And so um, that's kind of what we're going for here is what's the best way to do it or what's a better way to do it. Um, and so so we kind of talked about the, the downside of, of being your, of, of having a generic higher power. So one of the, the one of the main things about having Jesus as your higher power is right naming God one is is there's some there's some there's a, something there, right? There's there's a hist and I'm gonna, and I've, we talked about it beforehand. I'm not going to go down apologetics road because that's that's kind of my thing. But, but you know, there, there's there's historical, you know, the historical Jesus, right? I mean, he's an actual person that existed. I mean, we we know more about Jesus. You know, we have more evidence and stuff for Jesus than we do other historical figures that we that we buy into, like you know, Spartacus or Hannibal and all these different, um, like I said, ancient historical figures that we we all believe in. So I mean, there's a person there behind that. There's a real tangible person that that did some significant things, right? If we're if we're gonna keep it real bare bones, I mean the whole world changed because of this one guy and the way he lived his life. Um, whether you buy into all the stuff that's in the Bible or not, you can't deny the fact that the world has changed because of the existence of Jesus Christ. So there's a real person that existed that changed the world uh, based on the way he lived, um, and and then if we add into the spiritual side of that, that we, we believe that he's God in the flesh. And that there is a God. He sent His Son to die for you because He loved you and wants you to, to reconcile us as human beings back to Him. Um, that if we buy into that, if we believe that, then then having Jesus as our higher power gives us uh, not only salvation, but it gives us purpose, right? Because if God, if there's a God that created the world and created you, um, and is actively involved in the in the timeline of 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 Earth and us, then there's a purpose for us. There's a purpose for for life and where it's going. Um, he loves you. Right? God loves you. He loves you so much. You know, John three sixteen. You know, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And, um, so you have love, right? An unending, unwavering love from from the God of the universe. Um, you have worth, right? Because again, God loved you so much, values you so much that He sent His Son to die. And then um, we have guidance, right? We have guidance. We believe in the Holy Spirit um, that guides our lives, uh, helps us to find our purpose, helps us to, to live in that in that Christ-like manner. Um, and so, so that's the upside of having Jesus um, Christ as our as our higher power, or, or or why we believe in Jesus and why we preach, you know, believing in a specific God, a specific Jesus, uh, to guide our recovery. Yeah, and so, I mean, our hope and desire uh, through all of this is, of course, that you would get on that bandwagon and um, recognize the fact that, yeah, God did send his son to die for you um, and, and to not judge you, but to save you. Um, and uh, I want to share out of 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says this, uh, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. And so, um, you know, our hope and desire is that as you come to that place, uh, you come to a place of surrender and you realize, all right, I can't do this on my own anymore, that, that I'm at my wit's end, I've exhausted all resources. Um, and so as we come to that place, it's a, it's a realization of I need 
I need something different. And of course, our hope would that that you would turn to Christ in that moment and recognize, well, this is what God's done for you. But I love that in 2 Corinthians because it's saying um, that you have the opportunity to become a new person. Um, you know, me personally, 18 years of addiction, it came with some baggage. Um, you can't walk out um, <laughs> an addiction that long without burning bridges and just doing some really awful things. Um, and so the world wants you to carry the weight of that. Um, unfortunately, the doorknob can't take away my past. Um, it can't deal with uh, my sins or my dis discretions, the things that I've done. Um, the spaghetti monster can't either, um, as interesting <laughs> as I find that deity. Um, <laughs> and so, but Christ can, and, and so and that, that, that's one of those deviations and, and one of the things that points to the importance of, of submitting yourself to God and to Christ because it's not um, so God can have his foot on your throat for the rest of your life, which is one of those things that I wholeheartedly believed coming into the church. No, it's for freedom, um, the freedom that you find once you're able to set that pass down because you're a new person. Did I do all of these things? Yes. Can I quite possibly have consequences still in this world? Absolutely. I can't go to the judge and say, hey, I know I committed a felony, but Christ has set me free. Um, no, it's a different type of freedom. Um, but nonetheless, um, that, that very real baggage, um, God begins to handle it. And the more that we, we turn that over to him, um, the, the more freedom we get from it. Now, why is this important? I don't know about you, but I got caught in cycles. Um, I would do something terrible when I was messed up or, or in, in my sin, in my addiction, or, or any number of things. I mean, doesn't matter what your struggle is. We, we do things in that. We feel bad about the fact that we've done it. We carry that with us, and then we do the thing again because we felt bad about doing the thing, and, and we go back and back and forth. And so the only thing that really breaks that cycle, truly breaks it, is Christ stepping in and saying, you know what, man, God, God sent me because he loved you so that you could have life, but also so you could have forgiveness. So I can take this old life from you. I'm going to renew your spirit. You're a new creation, a new person, and all of these things over here Eternally, I see them no more. And, and so just receiving God's grace and God's mercy allows us again to, to begin to take that next true step into our recovery journey. And that, that's why this is step two, because first we've got to realize we need Christ. You know, that's step one. I admit there's a problem. There's something here. It's important because if we don't see it, well, we can't, we can't allow God to deal with it. And so but step two is, is equally as important because we've got we've to start to shed that so we can move into what Christ has for us next. you have anything you want to add on that? Yeah. No, I mean, that, that verse is great in the, the, the Second Corinthians because when we talked about it in the previous episode is that, yeah, you're, you're a new person. You're, you know, your old life is gone is what it says. And, I mean, where more does that – would you want that to apply than in, in the world of addiction um, or your struggle – is that, you know, versus just recognizing higher powers, it's to say at this moment, you know, if, if, if you haven't accepted Jesus, for, you know, as, as your Savior, to say at this moment, this day, and this time, when I, when I accepted Jesus, all those things in my past have been forgiven. You know, all the bad things that I've done or that I've been a part of or have happened, you know, or, or that kind of thing, that, that's all gone away. You know, and, and today's a new start. Um, my... my you know, tally sheet has been wiped clean, so to speak. Um, you know, we, we practice uh, uh, full full immersion baptism after you, you know, baptism is just a public profession of your faith, right? So you, you get saved and then we do baptism at church 
where you're you're submerged underneath the water and you come up and the, and the whole purpose of that is to to represent this verse is to say when you go under that's the old you and when you come up it's the new you it's such a it's poignant moment um coming up and being a new person in christ and like i said i mean that that that's a that's a compelling um i don't know message i would say especially for recovery uh, just to be able to move move away and you know and, and also you know Aaron was talking about just kind of those cycles and things that you get into and one of the verses that popped in my head was you know Jesus says um, come to me all you, you who are weak and weary because my, my yoke is, is light and and, and what he, we're talking about and what he was saying is that you know Jesus isn't um, you know, putting his boot on your throat, you know, here are the rules for life, you know, and then, yeah. no, it's, it's freedom. And even though, you know, like I said, that verse says, it's my, my yoke is, is light. Um, that, that connotation of, of being, you know, kind of under control, under Jesus's control. Um, that's not the point of the verse. It's not talking about, you know, you having to abide by all these rules is that Jesus takes all the, the weight and the, the struggle and the things from you. And, and by living through his, his, his guidance, then all of a sudden that we've we've lost all the the, the weight and the shackles of the of the world. Um, so uh, I think that's probably yeah. So all this moves us um, to to Romans eight one through two, um, which is equally important. Um, and this uh, man, if you ever engage with with our messages, you'll see that this is a this is a point that that's heavy on my heart constantly. But it says this: so there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ, which I like. Again, that's where we're talking about that new creation, um, that that new life where we get freedom from that. But then it goes on to say, and because you belong to Him, so you've made that relationship, you've made that commitment, um, you've you've dropped the spaghetti monster and you've submitted to Christ, and because you belong to Him. The power of the life-giving spirit, you know, that's the spirit of God indwells us, which is something I won't get off into now. We'll be here for another 30 minutes. Um, but the power of the life-giving spirit has um, freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Now, why is that important? Because um, traditional recovery programs say, oh, you were trapped in this life. That's you forever. That's you forever. You're, you're an alcoholic. That's you forever. Um, you're, you're an adulterer. Culture says, you, well, you're, that's just all you are. You're just going to be a dirtbag forever. Um, well, it's not what Christ says. Not only does Christ say, hey, you're a new creation, a new creature, um, but, but there's freedom. There's freedom. Um, I don't, my personal story, um, I've been free from addiction for over five years now. Culture says that's not a reality, um, that I'm going to struggle with that forever. Well, that's crap because... Um, <laughs> Well, here I am five years in, and, and there's no struggle. Um, now, the wisdom needs to come with that. I know this, that if I, if I set down my relationship with Christ and move away from it, well, I can move back into the world, and, and in the world, I can have the world's problems, and I can, oh yeah, I, can, I can for sure struggle in that again So if I so choose to. But as long as I choose to continue to submit to Christ in that relationship with him and choose to allow him to renew me, refresh me, and walk in the new creation that he's made me, Again, it says the power of the living or life-giving spirit has freed you. I, I get to walk in freedom. And, and you have the opportunity to walk in freedom. That, that as you do this, again, as you, as you submit. And that's one of the things. It's not boot on your neck, Zeus on Mount Olympus throwing lightning bolts at you. That's not what we're selling. That's not what this is about. That's oppression. Um, Christ is not oppression. It's freedom. I mean, that, that's... 
so much of the premise. That's like the fullness of the gospel that so many people miss. It's it's the exact opposite. And and I know I wasn't raised in the church. Um, I never thought I'd be in ministry. I never thought I'd be in a church unless I was stealing copper out of the walls. Um, <laughs> But I thought that that's what was in my mind. Like, why in the heck would I become a Jesus follower? Then I get to have no fun. Well, the exact opposite is true. My life was no fun. Now I get to have lots of fun. I get to enjoy life to the fullness, um, not these superficial relationships, these superficial um, pursuits of fleeting pl- pleasure, um, that, that there's not only freedom from my past, but there's freedom to fully enjoy life. You have anything you want to tag on that? No, I mean, you know, it makes me think of um, C.S. Lewis, famous author, you know, of uh, Chronicles of Narnia, but he was also a, a, a great, absolutely fantastic uh, Christian uh, writer. And in Mere Christianity, he talks about the, the God-shaped hole that's inside of all of us. And, you know, basically talks about we have we have needs and desires, right? You, you know, we have we have the, the, the sensation of hunger, so we have food. We have the sensation of thirst, so we have water, you know, whatever you drink. Um, hopefully non-alcoholic, <laughs> um, you know, and, and other things like that. And, and we, th- that we have a longing as human beings, we have a longing for God, a God. And, and, and so, you know, he goes on to say, you know, that's one of the things you, makes you think that, that there's probably a God because we have a desire for that. And when we don't, um, like you were talking about, you, you know, you go after those fleeting moments of pleasure and that those things in the world and what you're trying to do is you're trying to satiate that that hunger for god with all these things that the world offers you you know fame money uh you know recognition sex uh, drugs alcohol i mean chemical whatever those kinds of things you're trying to you're trying to 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 fulfill that desire that you have to feel that um but it's never enough because it's not god you know, and, and that's only God is going to fill that desire uh, because you have, like I said, C.S. Lewis calls it a God-shaped hole. Um, and so, uh, you know, you can continue to chase those things. And again, this is going back to the beginning, why we why we we don't talk about, it. you know, well, you can just have a higher, you know, whatever your higher power is. No, it's like because you're, that's going to that, that's going to lead you down. I mean, it, it, I guess if you, you know, if you kind of. We're gonna get some more emails. If if you if you, you name your higher power, then you just stop thinking about it and don't kind of follow that to its path. You know, basically like, oh, I've I've picked this out of thin air. I've picked my higher power of thin air. So I mean, there's no substance to it. Then eventually, you know, like I said, unless you just stop thinking about it, then then it's gonna fail because because um, there's nothing. There's no there there. You know. Whereas with God, there, there is a there there. There's God, there's Jesus, there's a person behind that. There's, you know, a life that was lived, miracles that were performed. I mean, all the things that come along with that, that substantiate this higher power, Jesus Christ. So we probably should talk about, now we've talked about it a bunch, we probably should tell people kind of how to do that, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, Romans 10, 9 through 10. Um, kind of just gives us a picture of of what it means to accept Christ. And it says this, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. I'm going to back up uh, because openly declaring that Jesus is Lord, it's not enough to identify that there's a higher power there. You have to identify the authority there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that, that's what 
the Lord means. I think so often people kind of pass over that and acknowledge that there's a God. I always knew there was a God. I never questioned that. I, I questioned his place in my life. Um, so declaring that Jesus is Lord is recognizing his place in your life. And then you openly believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And so as Christians, we believe that, that Christ was the Son of God, that he was born to Mary, that, that he lived a life just as you and I, um, that he came into ministry um, around 30. He spent three years in ministry. At the end of that, that, that he became the ultimate sacrifice for sin, that he was nailed to the cross, he was crucified, he was killed. He spent three days in the tomb, and then he was raised from the dead. So that's believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that he was God in a body, that he lived like you and I, he went through the same type of struggles, and the conclusion was his death on a cross, which was <laughs> unconcluded <laughs> by his resurrection from the tomb. So if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Well, saved from what? Saved from eternal damnation. Um, and not only that, but, but saved from the fleshly desires that we have here and now, that, that there's freedom to be given on, on both sides. Um, the most important one being eternity, um, obviously, because it lasts a little longer. Um, <laughs> but um, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Um, for it is by believing in your heart so again, it's a, it's a heart belief. It starts in our mind. Like we, we recognize it, um, you know, mentally that, that oh man, I, I can see these things. Um, but it's something we have to begin to move to our heart and recognize it to be true. Um, so believe in your heart that you are made right with God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stretch that out a little bit. Made right. Again, that's where we go back to um, that anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person, that we've been made right, that he's renewed us spiritually. Um, he's washed away um, our past. He's forgiven our sins, forgot them as far as the east is from the west, um, that, that we've moved into this process of sanctification, that, um, that we're justified. Um, again, that we're set aside, made holy. We can keep going on that, but that you're made right um, is such a beautiful thing to walk that out to conclusion. So you believe in your heart that you're made right with God. And then it is by openly declaring your faith that you're saved. And I'm gonna to touch on that for a second. Um, people say, well, you know, my relationship with God's private. That's bull crap. Um, it's not meant to be private. Um, you're going against, again, if you recognize that Jesus is Lord, he gave the great commission, go down to all the world, make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's nothing personal. There is something personal, but there's nothing private about our relationship with Christ. So and openly declaring your faith. Again, we've got to tell the world because if it's really true, something's really changed on the inside, um, we begin to share that with people. It begins to impact um, our world. Um, if it's not impacting you and your world, um, well, you might want to rinse and repeat um, and, <laughs> and try again because there, there should be real change here. Um, and so again, I'm going to walk through it just in conclusion. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you were made right with God and it's by openly declaring your faith that you're saved. And again, that is Romans 10, chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. Yeah, you know, I, uh, another another kind of compelling reason for, for Jesus' Christianity, what, what Aaron was talking about, so that's how we believe that you're saved through Jesus Christ, is that you just openly declare that you believe that he's Lord, you acknowledge that you're a sinner and, and you accept him as, as accept having lordship over your life. So it's not, it's not a, okay, God, I, I, you know, hey, you're there, I recognize you, and I'm going to go on and do what I want to do. It's it's saying, no, you're in charge of, you're in charge of my life. I'm going to follow I'm going to follow your plan. I'm going to walk in accordance to what you, you would have me to do. Um, and when you look at all the kind of world faiths out there, 
that's one thing that that's, that stands that Christianity stands apart in is that you know we we don't earn it, all right. You, there's nothing you can do to earn salvation. You can't be good enough. You, which, for somebody who's going through addiction, um, who's struggling with uh, whatever, you know, you you probably already feel that way, right? I'm I'm not good enough. I you know I I keep messing up. I keep doing the wrong thing. That's what you know the 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 message of Christianity is is that you you. You aren't going to be good enough, and that's okay because you don't need to be. Jesus, Jesus was, and through accepting Him, that's all you got to do. And and um, now that, like Aaron was saying, that doesn't mean we just okay, we we you know pray a prayer in our in our in our bedroom by ourselves, and then we we you know go go throughout life, and nobody can tell a difference, right? Like that's not you know we're 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 saved by faith, but we're. You know, that's evidence through our, our life, through our works, right? So the example I always use when we talk about that is, you know, we're both married. If I if I went and, you know, my wife and I, we got married on our wedding day and the next, you know, next day I said, all right, see ya. And I go to the bar and start, you know, womanizing and, and hanging out and acting, you know, like I did before we were married. I mean. Kind of an issue there. Kind of an issue, right? <laughs> like that's not being, you know, that's not really living up to the vows I made at my wedding. So. That's the same thing with Christ, is that we, we make that profession of faith, we believe that Jesus is Lord, then we gotta live it out, you know? We gotta live that like God's God's actually Lord, you know, or Lord. Um, you know, you see those bumper stickers like, uh, you know, Jesus is my co-pilot. It's like, well, you're, you're in the wrong chair then, buddy. <laughs> you know, Jesus should be the pilot, you know? So, um, but like my original point there was though, that I wanna encourage you with is that, um, you know, you you don't have to earn it. Okay, there's no, um, some people would say that about coming to church. You know, I, I just, I wasn't good enough to come to church. I got to get my life squared away before I come to church. No, you got to come to church to get your life squared away. You know, you got to come to church. Um, you come to Jesus, start, start living the life he has for you. And, and, and that Jesus is what, what squares that away, right? And, and, and there's nothing you're going to do. There's no magic steps. There's no program, online program, or anything that you can do to to justify yourself to God. And I say that in an encouraging way because that's that's good because we don't have to. Jesus has done that. Jesus has paid that price for us. He's already made that sacrifice. Um, so, so even in our sin, He loves us. And there's nothing that we have to do other than accept, accept the gift that He's already paid for. Absolutely. Um, and so... I just want you guys to know that that wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, that that there is a God that loves you no matter what your struggle is, um, that that you don't have to carry the weight of of all that you've done, that there's freedom to be found, there's forgiveness, there's grace, there's mercy. Um, And as Caleb said, there's a God that loves you. Um, And so I don't know about you, but um, it's such an encouraging thing to think about. But beyond that, it's such a transformational thing um, to experience and to walk out. And so if you have any questions about salvation and kind of those next steps, we would love for you to reach out to us, um, and you can email us, um, angry comments included, um, at info at cedarpoint.church. Again, that's info at cedarpoint.church, or you can email me personally at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at Cedar Point Church. You want to give your personal, or you like no angry emails? Uh, I don't have a... Yeah, yeah there yeah. we go, man. So um, I again, don't really read my emails. Like, yeah. I'm really bad about that. So, so let me get you Kale's cell phone number. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't um, do that either. Again, um, 
but seriously, if you if you have any questions uh, about a, what it means to walk this out, um, if you if you need something, man, I mean, we would send you a Bible, next steps, anything like that. That if you're ready, just to kind of take that next step in your faith journey and uh, to submit to something other than the rock in your pocket and the spaghetti monster, um, <laughs> we would love to journey with you and got, uh, with you guys in that. Um, but man, we're just uh, we love you. We're uh, just grateful for you. Thank you for engaging with us today. We hope that you'll join us here again next week.